This is the Websites.ca podcast, where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Sean Corbett here with Websites.ca Marketing. And Ryan Demeray back with Websites.ca Sales. Very nice to have you back, Ryan. I missed you last month. Hey, that's gl- I'm happy to be back. I missed <laughs> I missed being a part of last month's uh, last month's talk. So happy to be back. So I think catching up with you, I just wanted to pop in and ask, you know, has any have any pressing or interesting topics come up in the last week or two on the support desk that maybe would enlighten some of our listeners? Yeah, one one um, particular case came to mind um, about page speed and and google page speed um, for those unfamiliar with this there's a tool that uh, google offers for free where you can type in a web address and it'll give you back a little report of how how fast your website loads it essentially gives you a score of zero to a hundred um, on both your the speed in which your website performs on a desktop and a mobile um, uh, device. Why I'm bringing this up is I've ha- I've had some conversations with customers over the years about this page speed score and kind of the obsession to get you know a passing grade from Google that you know they want to have you want to have a a good grade. Now, I don't uh, argue that point. I uh, I everybody likes getting good grades. I liked uh, receiving a good grade in in school. Um, I think the biggest issue with Google PageSpeed is it's the score that Google PageSpeed gives you is not a be-all, end-all of, of your website's performance. And I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, if you look at any of the big um, multi-million dollar companies out there, for, you know, we'll, we'll throw apple.com out there. Um, I, I plugged in apple.com as an example just to see what their page speeds are. And their their page speed on desktop was very good. You know, I think it was 83 the last I checked. But the page speed on mobile was not so good. It was somewhere in the 40s. And that shows in the Google page speed gauge in red. You know, 40s, a, if you're thinking about, you know, uh, grade school grades, a 40s, a fail, right? And why would a multi-billion dollar business like Apple get a failing grade for their, their website speed um, from Google? And my, my answer to that is this. And again, I'm, I'm no, I don't work for Apple. I don't have a direct answer. Uh, but here's my two cents on that answer is this, is that Apple's website experience, the user experience is more important to them than just what Google's page speed score spits out. And this is the advice that I often give our clients is the user experience of the website really trumps all. Um, And second point is a lot of people lean on the fact that, oh, page speed score affects your SEO, affects your Google position, right? Mm. Not really. (laughs) Nope, it doesn't. Hey, thank you, Sean. Thank you for chiming in. In my experience, it doesn't. We have some of our clients that have page speed scores in those similar numbers to uh, to Apple, where their mobile is in the 40s, um, their desktop is in the 70s or 80s, 
um, but they rank first on Google for their for their uh, targeted keyword that they're trying to that they're trying to target. So, and, and going against that logic of page speed, oh well, I'm not getting a good score. That means my website's going to suffer. Now, here's the the other final thing I wanted, the final point I wanted to make before I let you uh, uh, let you add your two cents on this too, Sean. Because I know I know you've you've got a uh, I know you can add to this conversation. Is this with with page speed scores? And I just totally lost my uh, my train of thought. So we may have to make. There you go. I can I can jump in there. Yeah, <laughs> jump, jump in, maybe, Sean. Maybe if you remember, you can pick it up. Um, yes. I wanted to just illustrate two points to people, but the the bigger thing is we did write a pretty long article about it, and I'm pretty opinionated on it because I spent a lot of time researching the article. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and it should answer most of your questions. But the two big takeaways for me were page speed might be important at some point in the future. It's one of many, many, many factors in Google. So you have to understand that if all of the other factors, and we don't know all the factors, we know some of them, but if you're nailing all the other factors, and user experience is certainly one thing that Ryan mentioned, um, then the page speed is not going to make that big of a difference. Uh, where it might make a big difference in, in the, a use case is if you were running an e-commerce empire and your main competitors, you had five other competitors and you're all jockeying for first place for some t-shirt-like product to show up on Google search. Um, that's a case where, <clears throat> excuse me, one less click, one less half second on load time may actually result in way less sales overall on average down the road. So that's what we have to keep in mind is that a lot of these articles, a lot of times when people hype stuff like page speed and SEO and all these other things, they're talking about extreme use cases that don't really apply to the average small business. Um, the other thing is that when Ryan and I say things like page speed isn't important, we're not saying so you should have the slowest website on earth that's clunky and terrible and hard to use, <laughs> right? Whereas, so like, that's the funny thing is Google came out with an ideal measuring system. And, and what Ryan was explaining there, I think is so important. It's not like under 50 bad, over 50 good, aim for 100. It's, you know, 100% is this ideal. If, if you had to put nothing on your page, you'd want it to be 100 out of 100, right? except that you do put things on your page. You do have to load them up. People do have different internet connections on different internet devices. So looking at it from zero to hundred is kind of weird. Of course they had to grade it somehow, um, but you don't need the Google page speed test to tell you your site's slow. Call up your website on a regular internet connection, not, you know, not 3G sitting in some, the back of some dingy cafe or something, but like have a good internet connection, pull up your website. If it's clunky to load and use, chances are, forget about page speed, man. Your, your site's probably out of date. You need to update a bunch of stuff on your site. You probably have security issues on your site. It's probably frustrating for people to use and they're not looking at a stopwatch. They just can feel it and they know it. So take the, the phrase page speed or load time as Google measures it, put that aside and just think, is my site actually easy to use? If it's not easy to use, there's a whole host of problems you'd probably need to tackle. Exactly right, Sean. And if I can chime in there, I love the uh, back of the cafe uh, example. Or here's another example. Don't test the how good your website loads driving 100 kilometers an hour down the number one highway. You know, that's not yeah. that's not a great real world example. Of, yeah. on, uh, on your on your four generations ago cell phone. That's right. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to touch on is, you know, how does the website load on your device? You know, does it take a long time to load? Because with Google's page speed, they're they're calculating like uh, milliseconds of load time. And really the human experience, you know, what doesn't notice a difference between 1.1 millisecond, you know, 1.1 seconds and 1.3 seconds. The human weight experience isn't going to notice that difference. Google page speed, however, does, and it's going to rate you accordingly. So it's, it's just one of those things. It's as Sean said, it's more important for those higher echelon, you know, competing uh, e-commerce businesses where everything else is the same. And if your page speed is better than your competitors, you know, yeah, that may make a difference between your site um, performing better than another. But the average small business really, really doesn't have to worry about it. As long as the user experience is there, as long as you can pull up the website, it's loading okay from a mobile device or, or your desktop device. That's the main uh, measure that we run with. Yep, and your and your in industry reputation also makes a big difference. So you use that great example of Apple. Um, the funny thing is when you pull up to the Apple store, at least nowadays during COVID times, because I was just there a couple of weekends ago, you have to make a reservation, you have to line up. Um, you're it, it's as if you're at a gas station, you know, in the worst part of town near, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say something I can't say publicly, but anyway, everybody knows where the worst part of town is in their town. Usually in, in like Canadian cities, it's north for some reason. Northeast is always, I don't know why. But anyway, so if you're in like a north side gas station, there's usually a couple of sheets of of bulletproof plexiglass between you and the human working there. Well, now every shop is like that, but you go into Apple and, and there's all these hurdles, there's this long wait time. And I was looking around in the lineup and, you know, nobody's really that upset. I mean, there may be like they're comparatively upset because no one likes to wait, but Apple has such a reputation such a rabid fan base and following that no one's really sweating it. They're going to stand in line and do what they're told to get their Apple product. Um, in some ways you have to be striving for that in your business and in your niche and in your industry with all of your assets, right? Not just your website and social media, but the way that you conduct customer service, how you train your staff, all those kind of things. Um, but there's a great example of no one's going to care if your website takes an extra second to load if you have that kind of reputation. Mm -hmm. So I know it's a bit rich coming from website guys to say, you know, all these other things, but your website matter. But hey, man, that's the truth. And um, I feel like it's a disservice to people when website people try to sell them on the idea that if only their website was 2% better, they would be wild, wildly successful. And that's just not the case. So. Mm -hmm. Um, on that note, though, we did want to, to pivot somewhat related to this topic about, you know, if you if you have a page speed issue, you might actually have a website maintenance issue is what we mm -hmm. usually like to say. Mm -hmm. And um, a big question that we have to deal with a lot is when is the appropriate time to do website maintenance? And, and um, a lot of times when Ryan and the staff are contacted, you know, you, our listeners, our audience, our customers will say to us, okay, I'm in a really busy season, so it's really important I get this stuff done. Or conversely, they'll say, you know, I'm in a really slow time, so now is the time I want to talk about revamping my website. Mm -hmm. And um, before we, we jumped on this podcast today, Ryan and I were just discussing this concept of seasonality in businesses and how websites.ca has its own seasonality, but that doesn't necessarily match up because we serve so many businesses that doesn't necessarily match up with 
with each individual business's seasonality. Um, and it really does affect how you plan and work on the website and your other business assets. And so we wanted to make, number one, we wanted to talk about seasonality, but we wanted to make you aware that although you are very comfortable and familiar with your business's seasonality, it's extremely helpful to providers like us, like your website provider, if you would articulate that to us. And, and doing so ahead of time especially is helpful. Uh, and then you'll find you get a lot more out, again, not just of your website, but of anyone you, you get, you know, who gives you service. You'll get a lot more out of that service if you can communicate inside baseball information like seasonality that happens in your industry. I love that. And um, yeah, seasonality is really important. Um, one business that always comes to mind talking about business season cycles is um, there's a landscaping customer that, that comes to mind. Obviously, they're, uh, they're an exterior landscaping company. They're doing work outside. So they are bi- smoking busy from, I think it's about March when their season starts to kick off till September, October. They are smoking busy during those months, uh, out hammering, working away. But in the winter season, they kind of go into this hibernation mode a bit. They don't do any uh, snow removal or anything like that. They're purely, you know, an exterior uh, landscaping business. So, and and this client I've worked with for the last number of years, we, we've got an understanding where, you know, once his season starts to slow down at, uh, in the fall, that's when we can try and make some plans for the next year. And before his season really ramps up in March, we typically do some updates and talk about some updates in February. Um, so those are ready to go for March so that he's not trying to make changes in the midst of his busy season when everything's frantic, right? Cause you you're busy. You don't have time to talk to us and communicate your updates to us. You've got lots of other things to do. So Sean's absolutely right in, in the timing of communicating the, the seasonality of your business is important. So letting us know like, Hey, th- this is my busy time. We can note that on your file. We know that. Um, and it's a good idea to plan in advance for when you want to run promotions or specials, you know, not the day before that special, you know, and not, not that we need to know six months in advance either. We don't need a ton of lead time. You know, if you're running a promotion next week, even a week is enough lead time for us to prepare and get an update done on your website. Yeah. And I think one thing that, um, that we don't maybe articulate as well as we should as website designers and website hosts is that we can actually build stuff guys ahead of time on a page that you can view that we just don't make public. And so that way, you know, you're not sweating. Is it going to be done on time? Like, like Ryan said, you know, sometimes we'll start a project with best intentions and, um, and then one of our clients will just, he'll just get swept up and that business and they, they can't send us any more pictures. They can't check the emails and all that kind of stuff. So the project has to go on hold. If we would have done that even two, three weeks ahead of time, we could have built a page, let's say that's, that's promoting, you know, a special service, or we could have done a, a different design of the homepage, let's say to feature the seasonal topic and just not made it live to the public yet but still shown it to you, the client, so you can approve it and you're happy. And then all you have to do is email or call in a couple of days in advance at that point and say, okay, now turn that page on. So there, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. We don't have to just make something and make it live and public right away. We can, we can all take a breath and do it ahead of time. Bingo. That is, that's fantastic advice, you know, where it doesn't need to be live on the website today. You know, we could, if you know, you're having a Canada day promotion, you know, Canada Day is not that far away now. Um, 
we could get a, a, a start on it today, um, you know, and have a, a hidden page set up behind the scenes that you and um, you and we can view together. And then when you want that page to go live, we, we publish it. So that's, that's great advice. Yeah. A couple other things we wanted to note to you guys about seasonality too, just sort of the common things that we see folks rushing to change when it's almost too late. And, and again, just to remind you about them so you can think about it for the future and get the most out of your website. Uh, I would like to take Ryan's example of the landscapers. We do have a couple of those types of clients and some of them, some of them don't take the winter off. Some of them just have totally different services that they have to plug in the winter. Mm -hmm. So often it's a matter of calling us and saying, Hey, you know, I got to, you know, it's spring, my summer season's coming up. We got to, we got to take the snow removal pictures off the homepage slider, whatever it is. Right. Or my, my big special, you know, first timers get 10% off, whatever. I got to change that from snow plowing to landscaping. Um, and so, so things like that, again, you'll want to get a head start on and just don't assume that your provider understands your seasonality. I know it seems like a no brainer, right? Like we know when it's winter, there's snow shoveling and when it's summer, there's lawn mowing, but keep in mind, you know, we're, we're doing websites for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different industries. So it's just, it's just like a simple matter of communication and everyone could get on the same page. Another one is just updating hours, right? Uh, during different seasons, your hours may change and boy, it's frustrating for consumers to go online and see a different hour on your Google business. And then a different set of hours on your Facebook page and a different set of hours on your website. And uh, for many providers, like in our case, we manage websites and people's Google My Business stuff. So we can update everything at once and really save you a ton of hassle as long as you just let us know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Did you have any other any other thoughts or any other common questions about uh, seasonality that comes up from our clients, right? Just one one example that I'll give you actually is really interesting. It's a, it's a water business. Um, a great example of seasonality they do pool filling in the uh, in the spring and summertime so they can come by with water trucks and and fill fill a pool um you know so instead of a garden hose uh you know that's uh you know what an inch inch diameter they can come with a big horkin like uh four inch uh thing and fill your pool in like a quarter of the time or or less nice. um, and then in the winter time they do uh they do uh, ice skating rinks so they can come and flood, you know, these, your personal, uh, ice skating rinks for people in their backyard rinks. This is, this uh, so, is like a, a residential service, not a commercial service. Residential service. Exactly. Yeah. So they're okay. catering to people's, uh, you know, backyard pools, um, and people's backyard rinks. And so that's a great example of seasonality where, um, in, it's a good idea in the, in the spring, we change, they get in touch with us and we change their stuff from the, ice skating rinks to pool filling and vice versa from pool filling to um, um, ice skating rinks in the fall time. And it's just a matter of communicating that to us. Um, one one thing to note um, is the way that our service works is we don't schedule stuff in advance to change that um, like uh, the, for the pool filling business, for example all of our customers, they need to communicate to us when they want something changed. And it's just as simple as either writing us a quick email saying that, Hey, this is what we want changed or call us, um, and, and communicate that to us with, in a, with a quick phone call or a voicemail. Um, and our team can make that change, but that, that, that's a, an example that always comes to mind when I think of seasonality. 
Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, the overwhelming takeaway here is just to, to tell people what's so obvious to you. It's obviously not obvious to your providers many times. And um, I think there's just a breakdown of communication there sometimes, right? Website designer will say, why is this person rushing so much? Why are they acting so spastic? And the person is thinking, why doesn't the website designer understand how important this is. This is my this is my busiest time of the year. I got to make hay while the sun shines. Why don't they get it? And all they have to do is just have a conversation, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of time and everybody would be on the same page. So that's really the takeaway we're trying to give here. Exactly right. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit business.websites.ca. That's B-U-S www.websites.ca or email Ryan directly at ryan at websites.ca. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.